he was generous with his time and affection. If he had a fault, it was that his love of surprising people was mixed with a love for attention of any kind. He got up every morning at five to sit on the end of the dock and pray for an hour before calling the camp to breakfast over the public address system using different comic voices. In the dining hall, everyone would beg to hear the voices again. Pete loved and respected his father and assumed that he himself would eventually get on track and grow up to be just like him. Pete didn't befriend kids at camp the way his father did, not even the ones who came back summer after summer. He tended to hang back and observe during capture the flag and bucket ball and the counselor hunt. He spent a lot of time sailing the old lasers, cruising the edges of the afternoon sailing lessons. He'd show off a little now and then. Watch salt, the instructors would shout at their students. There's a real rolling tack. Praise shamed Pete, because he knew he wasn't a great sailor, and he also figured the campers thought he was arrogant. In fact, he was shy. His father's charisma made his shyness more painful. His father took the older boys on grueling, perilous hikes and did special Bible studies with them, for which he owned large dictionaries in unfamiliar alphabets and a six-volume concordance. Every summer the older boys were a little gang, and he was their godfather. This year's group wanted matching tattoos. At meals, girls and younger boys would gather around their table, and they'd tell how one of them had almost died rock climbing, and how another had saved his life. The one called Mike told Pete in a serious voice after dinner that his dad was the greatest human he'd ever met. They had just come back from a three-night survival trip. Pete said, "'Okay, thanks,' and couldn't think of anything else to say. He wasn't sure he liked Mike. That summer, Mike was legend. When he was six, his father had been killed on a fishing boat in Alaska. His mom had forbidden him to see the grave, and Mike would sneak out and go anyway, all the time, even though it made her scream. His friends spread the story around. His dad left them right before he was killed, explained Brian, the friend who had brought Mike to camp, and his mom still hates his dad, but Mike's not bitter like her. Brian's family had paid Mike's way to camp. On the back of Mike's wrist was a bird-shaped scar. He told his table about it one night at dinner, and the story was all over camp before Fireside. Pete heard it firsthand, since he sat at Mike's table whenever he could. "'I was playing with a knife my dad left me,' Mike said. Uh, "'Just before Mom went to bed, she said, "'Mike, don't do anything stupid with that.' So I did it, over the kitchen sink. The other kids leaned close one forgetting the fork that hung in his mouth, and Mike told about carving the wings. It was a good bird, realistic-looking, a hawk or an eagle in flight. The healed skin was white and shiny as teeth. "'How come a stupid bird?' said Meg Holloway, the new girl. Everyone ignored her as usual, and Mike described the blood going down the drain. Meg had come late to camp, and she made her cabin mates uneasy from day one. At her first breakfast, she refused the greasy camp food and instead drank coffee from the counselor's table. Her cabin mates, seventh graders, were worldly enough to be put off their waffles. They hesitated, making chicken scratches in their syrupy plates with the tines of their forks, until their beautifully sunburned athletic counselor, Gravity, helped herself to bacon and assured them that girls had to eat too.
They finished their meal, glancing at Meg, some with worry, some with disdain. At the far end of the table, Pete didn't eat a thing. He was sure that if he had, Meg would have thought less of him. He felt solidarity with her in fasting, and he wondered whether she had noticed. Nobody but Pete seemed to like Meg, while everyone admired Mike. His father's death made him magical and tragic. Pete liked the story about the grave, though to him defying parents only for the sake of defying them seemed mean. He felt sorry for Mike's mom, coming downstairs in the morning to find a ring of her son's blood around the garbage disposal. Mike was the first person Pete could ever remember disliking, and since Pete had no one to talk to, he disliked Mike in a secret and festering way. One evening after dinner he overheard his dad telling his mom what a blessing Mike was. Pete was upstairs trying to get a radio station to come in, a hobby of his.